Welcome to the Kerrville Bible Church Podcast. In addition to bringing you weekly sermons from our pastor and other speakers, we are also seeking to provide you with additional content and connection to encourage your soul, especially during this time of separation due to the COVID-19 outbreak of 2020. Listen in as our pastoral staff, consisting of pastor teacher Chris McKnight, associate pastor Scott Christensen, worship pastor Toby Baxley, and youth pastor Heath Gregory discuss a variety of topics from the Bible and other sources during our weekly staff meeting. Now, here's Toby Baxley with this week's discussion. Well, in the next uh, three hours or so, I want to I want us to dive in and take a look at the uh, topic of of assurance of salvation. Um, it's kind of a light topic, uh, so we should be able to knock it out in three hours or so. Um, but um, I don't know, I was just thinking about this from, from my own perspective and, and I, just kind of thinking, I'm not sure if I'm uniquely qualified to talk about assurance or uniquely unqualified to talk about assurance because I'm one who has historically struggled with um, with the assurance of salvation and and knowing that um, believing the gospel um, receiving the gospel by faith uh, is salvation um, but but wondering did I believe it right did um, and I've had a lot of I, I I don't think I'm alone in that um, I think there are a lot of um, true believers who struggle with, uh, with assurance. So just from a pastoral standpoint, from a pastoral perspective, I think it'd be good to, to kind of view this from a bunch of different angles and, and kick it around and see, uh, see what we come up with. Uh, one, one quote that I, um, I always remember, um, I don't remember who said it, but it was a Christian counselor, psychologist said that he could dismiss half of his clients if he could get them to believe that they were saved by grace. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of um, <clears throat> there's a lot of uh, insecurity that is borne out. I think in um, in mental, um, you know, there's spiritual insecurity that, that manifests itself in, in, in what may look like mental illness or, um, or anxiety, which when, when really people need to be assured that, that they are believers, they are loved by God. Um, and then another thing, uh, another way to look at it, I, I think Keller said it, but I'm not sure is, um, if I could, if I could convince you that you were saved by grace through faith, there's nothing you wouldn't do. There's, there's no act of service for the Lord that, that you, that you wouldn't do. Um, so anyway, um, well, I feel like we can wrap up the podcast cause we've yeah. had our Tim Keller course. Nice. That was a great time. Nice. Yeah. Well, so, thanks for joining us, everyone. Close that up. <laughs> I think where we have to start is that there is a distinction between salvation and assurance of salvation. Yeah. That there is a clear distinction between the two and 
you can be saved uh, and not know it or not have assurance. Um, and, and to recognize pastorally that <clears throat> uh, people can, can be, you know, those two things are separated and distinct. Uh, I have talked to people in our church in the past who uh, would say to me they totally believe the Bible, they believe they're sinners, they believe that Christ died for sinners, they believe that he was raised from the dead, they have no question about his deity, no question about his power, none of those things. Their, their issue is, am I included? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I united to Christ? Um, <clears throat> am, am I part of the elect? <clears throat> if you want to use that word. Um, and, and so that gets really, really difficult pastorally um, when you've got somebody saying all of those things on the one hand, and then on the other hand saying, but I'm not sure that it applies to me. Mm-hmm. Well, the Puritans spent a lot of time on this and, and uh, reformers as well. And, and I think one of the things that they would tell us is that every saved person <clears throat> has a right to assurance. That it's not something that God would want to keep from his children. Um, that it's something that we can enjoy it's a promise that we can claim um, and that I think we can say it would be God's prescribed will that every believer uh, would come to a place of assurance mm-hmm. this side of heaven. Um, so those are my initial thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I can speak to assurance of uh, faith because I've, I've struggled with it uh, in, in my walk before. And, and maybe Chris even being that guy that you're talking about that, hey, I know all these things are true. Uh, the question is, are they true of me? And and, and personally, it, it's come down to now where I have complete assurance that that at those times it was really a feeling uh, that I wasn't feeling. I wasn't feeling saved. I wasn't. I didn't think my walk was equating with being saved, or even came down to a comparison to others. Uh, I mean, I can remember even being with Chris and some other guys at a conference, and we're listening to sermons and thinking. Well, that sermon didn't have near the impact on me that it had on them. I must not be saved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can't find that chapter and verse where it says, "If thee does not hear the sermon correctly, you are not saved." Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and that's and we have a lot of our youth kids that we talk to about this, and and that's where we kind of take it. Okay, are you seeking a feeling? Are you seeking? A, I wake up every day and feel this great feeling of, "Hey, I'm saved. I'm a Christian," or are you resting in a truth? Um, and I think that's naturally generated in our culture right now, that we're a, we're a feely culture. I want to feel it. I want to feel saved. I want to, uh, mm-hmm. just because we don't feel something uh, doesn't mean it's not true. We're, we're in relationships with our wives, and we love our wives. Sometimes in those relationships, you don't feel like the other person loves you, or you don't treat the other person like you love them. It doesn't mean the love's not true, and it's not real. And, uh, and that's where it comes down to faith and trust. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And yeah, I mean, I think this is a this is a topic that I struggle talking about because I've never had a lack of assurance of salvation. And part of that was because I had an adult conversion. Um, part of that was the nature of my conversion experience was very black and white and radical and clear cut and all those things. Uh, and really, I can honestly say I've doubted pretty much everything else in my life since then, but I've never doubted that. 
Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the reasons, by God's grace, is I have I have pretty much been in the in the Word from day one. Um, you, you know, I'm not saying I've had every single day of my life I've been consistent in reading the Bible in a quiet time, but if you were to look over the the scope of my life since the weekend I was saved, I have been in the Bible, and I think that has kept me from. Uh, losing assurance. Yeah. Uh, sins have come, troubles have, tru- have come, trials, deep trials, uh, deep heartache, all kinds of, of things. Uh, but throughout that, you know, I keep going back to faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. And, and this book, this Bible, it, it engenders our faith, it sparks our faith, and it sustains our faith. And that's what we're talking about, right? Assurance mm-hmm. is faith. That's uh, I've got faith that I've got faith. You yeah. know, I've so got it's, the, it's the feeling of faith, right? <laughs> I mean, would you say it's the it's the it's kind of the caboose on faith? Assurance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could use that analogy. The cherry on top. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the thing itself, but it's kind of the icing. It's the experience of faith. The experience of it um, that it's resonating in my heart. The the Word of God resonates with my heart. I find myself in the Bible. Um, and God uses all these various means to show me and remind me that you you belong to me. Yeah. It was real. You're mine. But I totally affirm everything you're saying. I mean, there, there are certainly days and times where I would wake up and say, I don't feel the least bit saved right now yeah. mm-hmm. whatsoever. I don't feel anything right now. I feel nothing for God right now. I've had those times, or we've all had those times. My heart is a stone right now. I mean, I, and my, my faith at that point is, well, I'm not trusting my feeling. I'm trusting that God will revive me in time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that's, and I, and I think it's crucial that we talk like that for younger believers to, to hear that people who have been Christians a long time can have those seasons where you uh, feel nothing for God in a, in, in a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I, some of my points, I think, of, of biggest doubt came when I would be in the Word a lot and not, you know, kind of going back to that experience, thinking, oh, man, this, this morning in my reading, I'm supposed to have this epiphany of right. just who God is, of just this big picture, better understanding. And when that doesn't come, when you're building, when you're building things up like that, you know, and for me, I think it's just, it's really uncovered just in my whole life, a... Uh, uh, just a comparison to others, right? Am I am I walking like this person's walking? Or am I understanding like this person's walking? Do I do I look as good as this person looks? And uh, and so so that would lead me to a question. Okay, so the can can lack of assurance or struggling with assurance can it be directly related to sin in your life? Yeah, um, it, it it would seem to me that um, if we if we look at First John five, where it's kind of this is kind of the classic text, um, verse thirteen. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And then when you when you back up, uh, it's it's obedience to the commands of God, uh, righteous living, loving God's word, loving God's people. Uh, so when when you feel like those things are lacking, you're going to feel that lack of uh, lack of assurance, you know. And I and I, just going back to what you said, Chris, I think um, 
we we can feel assured when we are in the word that it, it seems to uh to kind of boost our our feeling of assurance you know it's kind of like boosting our feeling of assurance is when we're going out on a date with our wife you know and then uh we kind of our our we rest on the covenant in those times when uh when we we're not talking when we're, we're, <laughs> we're in a fight when we're not really communicating very well with uh with them but the marriage hasn't gone away it's just the feeling of the marriage it's, it's and so uh, the same thing we can feel more uh we can feel more saved if you know to put it that way when we are in in the daily fellowship with with the lord and then and in those times when we're not, we like the marriage covenant. We rest on the covenant of mm-hmm. grace that that we're um, that we're in. Um, last Friday, I don't remember. Just because the way the day started, I I woke up and I didn't read the Bible, and I don't remember uttering a prayer all day. Mm-hmm. I just jumped into the busyness of, of work. And I felt the weight of it throughout the day. And on one hand I was like, Oh, this is terrible. You know, I, I have not read the Bible. I have not prayed. I, I intended to all day. Like, okay, I'll get to, but this other thing is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and so by the end of the day, I was kind of in a, a mood because I hadn't, I hadn't been in the word and in, in prayer. But then I thought, how great is it that that bothers me? Yeah. You know, how great is it that I'm bothered that I didn't read the Bible or pray today? That's, assur- that's assurance of salvation. Right yeah. There. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We can end the podcast now. That was all I needed was to know that I was assured. Uh, that you were bothered is, is fruit of faith. Yeah. You know, uh, yes, we always fall back on grace. It's all grace, start to finish, all of those things. But because of books like First John, and it's written to, to be a test for believers to examine themselves, and because of books like James, which you guys are going through in youth, um, somebody has said, I think I agree with this, maybe we could, you know, we could debate this, but if you're living in sin, if you're living in known, unconfessed sin as a believer, you have no right to assurance. Mm-hmm. In that moment, now you 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 may have assurance, um, and you're still saved, of course. But if you're refusing to re- repent and let go of something, uh, really, according to those two books of the Bible, at least, you don't have a, a right in that moment to feel saved, right? To to have assurance of salvation, and I think yours is a kind of a a minor example it was more of an omission than, than commission we've all done but but I think those things are I think that lack of assurance in that moment is a good pressure that we need to mm-hmm. uh, deal with that sin yeah I said it's even a grace in itself of if you don't feel that conviction of that sin I, I mean because because everybody knows what I mean or I won't say everybody won't be on there but if I've sinned against somebody in, in my house or against a brother or sister, you know, I can I can feel that weight on me knowing that I've done something wrong. Then then it's up to me. Am I going to confess that to the Lord? Am I going to do what I'm called to do? Um, 
So, and you're right. In moments like that, you know, why why would I think I deserve to feel assured when I'm going against, you know, God? Yeah. I heard Keller say that in a sermon one time. He said, if you're living in, in open, unrepentant sin, you should have no assurance of your salvation. And he said, I, I'm not saying that you're not saved, but he said, you shouldn't assume that you are. Um, so it's kind of jarring language, but I think, it, I think part of our job as pastors is to, is to comfort the afflicted. You know, the, those who are afflicted with the lack of assurance is to comfort them, not with false, you know, not with a false sense of assurance, but having, look at your life. Uh, do you love the things God loves? Are you rejecting sin? Are you growing in, are you grow even if it's just minor growth in godliness, uh, are you growing in the grace of God? Um, and you know, the, yeah. And I think about what, uh, what Luther said about, you know, when I, when I look at myself, I don't see how I can be saved. Um, but when I look at Christ, I don't see how I can be lost. That's good. And, uh, and so, and part, so then part of assurance may just be, get your eyes off of yourself. Stop navel gazing and look at Jesus. That's, that's what it basically comes back to, right? It becomes, it it becomes based on my performance. I'm not feeling saved because of my performance right now. Yeah. And I've forgotten that Christ has already accomplished my salvation. Like it doesn't rest in me. Praise the Lord. Because I stumble every day. Yeah. Um, but looking at going back to what we were talking about earlier about feeling saved and and uh, and it being kind of those those markers in our life, I think about the difference between Psalm thirty six and Psalm uh, thirty eight, where where Psalm thirty six is uh, the the ungodly has no fear of God. Um, it he flatters. He's flattering himself in his own eyes um, concerning the discovery of his iniquity and the hatred of it. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He plans wickedness. His heart is set on evil and malice. So this is somebody who, who even when confronted with this sin, he's like, get out of my face. Mm. Uh, you know, but Psalm 38, you're talking about David, him saying, oh, Lord. Don't rebuke me in your wrath or chasten me in your anger. Your arrows have sunk deep into me. Your hand presses down on me. And so he, in, in kind of a, in, in relation to his own sin, he's feeling the weight of his sin. And, and it goes down, uh, it goes all the way down through here where there's no, there's no soundness in his body. And it, this may be a physical affliction that he's under, uh, because of his sin, um, and it may be God's gracious afflicting of him uh, with some sort of pain to get his attention. Um, but then, at the toward the toward the end of it, he talks about confessing his iniquity um, and not keeping it locked inside. You know, and feeling the 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 kind of the weightlessness, the the relief of confessing his sin, um, and. And so, you know, I think that's kind of the difference here that we're talking about in, in being assured and, and kind of having a, this 
this well, sense of uh, I, I'm a sinner and I, I'm a monster and uh, I need God daily to help. And, and our, uh, we're living in a hero culture, right? Where you, you want to look strong, you want to look perfect, mm-hmm. you want to you want to look like you've got it all figured out. And you know that's not what the end of uh, I'm actually just backed up here in 37, but we take refuge in, in in Him, right? That that assurance that sometimes we're afraid to confess that to the Lord, uh, thinking we're fooling the Lord that hey I'm I'm strong, I've got it all figured out, instead of going to Him and saying, man Lord, I I'm struggling today, I, I I'm not believing what I say I believe, and and I need you to lift me up, I need you to pick me up, and putting that that trust in Him and taking taking true refuge. You said earlier, look at your life, <clears throat> and uh, when we're trying to encourage someone that we think is saved, but they're not convinced, we would say, you know, look at your life. And I think in those times, we need to we need to be careful to say, look at a big chunk of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah, you know, not day to day, but year to year, maybe. Yeah, let's look at a year. Let's look at five years. Let's look at a long span um, of time. I think the other thing that, as you were talking about those two psalms and the difference there, um, you know, I think that I think this encourages people to hear that the struggle is a sign of salvation, mm-hmm. is a sign of assurance. Yeah, uh, it's not the lack of struggle; it's the presence and right. the fight, the grind, the fighting the good fight, running the race agonizing, struggling, laboring, all these kinds of words are words Paul used to describe his Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's the Romans 7 of uh, mm. wretched man that I am, uh, those kinds of um, kinds of things. And, and so the unbeliever doesn't have that struggle. It doesn't exist. You know, uh, it's that, that struggle begins the moment the Holy Spirit is inside of us because that began the Spirit waging war against the flesh and the flesh striving against the spirit. Right? Yeah. You go five. from having one enemy in God to having three, the world, the flesh, <laughs> and the devil. Right. It's like we're tripling, no. we're tripling our, our kind of earthly troubled, but we've got, uh, but we've got assurance that, that ultimately the battle is won. Right. You know, I, and it's in, in, internal. Yeah. And I, that just reminds me of what, uh, JC Ryle said about, you know, the, the Christian is marked, not just by his peace, but by his war. Right. You know, so we're warring against the flesh, um, but we're at peace with God, which is uh, ultimately satisfying and, and where we're going to be. So just two final thoughts as we were talking, I just, uh, I think are important to say, unless this is part one of, <laughs> of a series, but one is only, ultimately, only God can give assurance mm-hmm. of salvation. Um, we are just instruments, we're means as pastors and fellow Christians. But I have, I've run into some very, very difficult cases where just like witnessing to somebody and you can't take the veil off their eyes, mm-hmm. I've had those occasions as a pastor where I could not convince that person they're saved. And I finally kind of come to your, you kind of come to the end of yourself in that pastorally and you, and you realize that, hey, this person needs a lot of prayer and only God can do this. Mm-hmm. Now, he'll use means, but he, he, he alone can do it. One of the means, primary means, you know, we've talked about the books of the Bible that would ex- test our faith, but on the other hand, you know, I go back to that old hymn, Standing on the Promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we have assurance of salvation? I'm standing on the promises. Mm-hmm. I'm not standing on my performance. I'm going to the Word of God, and I'm seeing promises that God mm-hmm. makes to me right here in the Scripture. 
Yeah. That if, mm-hmm. if this is true, then this is true. And I'm saying, okay, I'm going to stand on that. I'm going to claim that. That's my, that's my hope right now. Um, because the danger is when we are doing well, we yeah. start relying on that side of yep. it. So. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, well, before we go, uh, I wanted to uh, read a, uh, an encouraging note that I got uh, this week um, from a woman named Cynthia. Uh, in upstate New York. Um, and she wrote, um, she texted us through, uh, through the, the number that I set up for the, for the church, for the podcast. And she said, I knew I had to send you a text of encouragement and an affirmation that your pastoral devotions and your Sunday sermons, which always include an explanation of the gospel are being listened to online by someone with a hunger for the word. There is indeed a famine in the land. It reminds me of Amos eight eleven. Thank you, KBC, Pastor Chris, and all pastoral staff for staying true to God's word. Thank you all for not falling sway to pleasing man and tickling their ears. Thank you for your faithfulness. I have followed you online for two uh, over two years, having found you using the Master's Seminary Find a Church. I uh, went through your systematic theology course with you online and am with you in Matthew. I love the deep dives. Thank you for the meat of the word. On a personal note, I had a place rented in Kerrville to begin in May, received a call from the leasing agent that I would have to self-quarantine for two weeks before being allowed to move in. Needless to say, the move is on hold now due to COVID-19. Sorry so long, but I uh, wanted to encourage you and thank you for your steadfastness and obedience to the word. KBC is blessed with a staff of warriors of his word. Um, So she's, uh, she's living without, you know, many believers around her, her family are not, uh, believers and she's trying to move to Kerrville. Um, and so, um, just want to close our time by praying for Cynthia and, uh, just thanking him for his, uh, uh leading our discussion. So, Father in heaven, we thank you for this time together, uh, as we, uh, talked about uh, your, your work of assuring your saints of their salvation. And uh, I pray that you would, um, you would grow in, in, in those who are lacking assurance. I pray that, uh, that they would be assured that, uh, that they would be in your word, they would be in prayer, and that you would grace them with this, uh, this gift of assurance of salvation. And uh, as we close today, Father, I want to pray for Cynthia. Um, Lord, as she um, is preparing to move here to Kerrville from upstate New York, um, it, it's a blessing to, um, to be able to be an encouragement to, to people we may never even meet. And so pray your blessing on her. I pray that uh, you would superintend every aspect of her, of her moving here and that she would, uh, she would find a home here and would uh, would make a home here among your people at uh, at Kerrville Bible Church, and we thank you for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Kerrville Bible Church podcast. In future episodes, we would like to answer your biblical and theological questions. Send them to us via email at questions at kerrvillebiblechurch dot org. Or leave us a text or a voicemail at 830-321-0349.